Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give Sister Witt. Ask her to come. I just... just ask that y'all stand for just a minute as Sister Witt comes. Hallelujah. The reason that I ask that you do that, I'm, I'm talking to them. <laughs> because this, this, this young lady has been preaching the gospel for 74 years. I can't comprehend that. She's been ministering for 74 years. And I asked her if she would speak this morning, and she was willing. She was willing. Hallelujah. That's quite an accomplishment, 74 years of ministry. Now, I don't see a clock. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you can be seated. When Pastor Robert asked me to do this, I hesitated because pastors have messages that churches need. But I believe God is in this this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We adore you this morning. Just invite your presence to come in. Feeling the flow and the wave, hallelujah, of your anointing and your presence here. I give you praise and I give you honor for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk today about displaying the glory of God. Displaying the glory of God. In Isaiah 42.8, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. The glory of God, sometimes we think it's when he comes in, and that is the glory of God. But there is so much more, and I believe you know that. There's so much more to the glory of God. We've all heard the phrase that says something about 
<clears throat> that we do not have to allow our environments to determine our atmosphere. And there is a whole lot of difference in environment and atmosphere. God wants us to be in his presence. God wants us to be in his presence. I want us to re-examine today the cause or the reason of our existence. The cause or reason for our existence. Ask ourselves the questions, who am I? Who am I? Do I know myself? Why do I exist? Why was I given life? I believe if we would look at it closely, and if we know the word of God, we will realize and understand that we were created to be containers of God's power and presence. We can either be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. So as we examine ourselves, we, can, we just use it as an excuse, I guess. I, I just can't get what I need because of my surroundings, of my environment. And I know that there are wonderful Christians who live in environments that does everything but bless and edify them. But God, I believe, is telling us that we can live in a place where we can lift up our voices and our spirits and we can move into that presence of God where the glory of God, the glory of God, if I remember the word of God, when Jesus was praying, he said, Lord, the glory that you have given me, I'm giving them. Now listen to that. The glory you have given me, I've given to them. Why then do we not put that glory that he has given us on display? What did Jesus do when he came? He put God's nature and his glory on display. Hallelujah. And that is our purpose, is to put God's glory on display. And the only way we can do that is to accept that he gave us that glory. He gave it to us. What are we doing with it? It was not given that we might do things to bring attention to ourselves and stuff like that. He gave it to us that we would allow the Spirit of God to rise up in us and flow out of us. And we've all heard this statement, you only get out of church what you put into it. Well, we're not going to talk about that. But we want to talk about what happens. Why are we not putting the glory of God on this place? Do you remember when you first got saved? 
think of all the things you wanted to do when you first got saved. There were so many things that looked different to you. But something has changed in the Christian's world, I'll put it that way. We have to admit that there's been changes in us. Our influences are not as great as they were because we have let our circumstances, let those things that are around us control us rather than the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, I'm spitting cotton. Is there any water in this? If it's not, that's okay. Thank you, dear. Thank you. I'm sorry. Most of us are not fulfilling the purpose of our existence. Can you agree with that? Generally speaking, I've been in other churches. We are just not fulfilling the purpose of our existence because we have allowed our surroundings to mold us into something or someone that God didn't intend for us to be. We were created and exist for one great purpose, to be containers of God's glory. And if we just have that for our own selves, then we are not what God wants us to be. Jesus said when he's praying to the Father, again, he gave that glory. He gave that glory to us. When God is denied the glory that he put in us, he is grieved. You never think of God being grieved. Now, we know that we can grieve, grieve the Holy Spirit. God has a heart, too. And God will grieve when we, thank you, Pastor, thank you. When we do not live the purpose of our existence. Excuse me. Are you all with me? But God is not just grieved for himself. He's grieved for us. You know, the glory of God prevents, I believe, demonization. When that glory is shut up and not put on display, it opens us to demonic activity. Now, you may not agree with me, but Christians can be tormented by satanic influences. And that glory that God put in us should be a weapon against Satan. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I'm not talking about possession, but I'm talking about those feelings of weakness 
and uselessness. And often we feel insignificant. Now, I don't know about you, I've been there. I've been there where I felt useless. I've, I'm there now. You're looking at a true has-been. But I'm still going. I'm still going. And God wants us to come to grips with who we are in him. In other words, when we lose our true identity, now be with me. I'm not allowed to miss teaching. When we lose our true identity, we become someone that God did not want us to be. And I know I'm repeating myself, but that's okay as long as I know it, I guess. Most of us have allowed our true spiritual identity to be hidden real deep in the accumulation of life's experiences. And that is not God's will for us. We should know that, and I think we do. Now, I'm old, and I'm liable to forget if I don't have my notes. So there was a time I didn't have notes, but life changes you. His presence in us, his presence in us. How many of you have really felt the presence of God? Just so strong that you just couldn't hardly, you couldn't contain it. And that's when the glory of God is beginning to work in us. I know that, I know that we all want to be like Christ. We know that Christ was, he was all, he was putting on display all that God was. And you think about it, that's what Jesus was doing. He was displaying the power and the nature of God. And he intended that we do the same. We read the scripture, God said he would not give his glory to another or his praise to a graven image. When we lose, now hear this, when we lose our spiritual potential, when we lose that, we've lost our spiritual identity. In Ephesians, it says, now, Unto him that is able to do immersively, I know what that word is, more than we can ask or imagine, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church. Now, he wasn't talking about a building. We are the church. And this is where the glory is supposed to fill us up and empty out. Whatever God does for us and gives to us is not usually not just for us. Somebody else needs it. So, we have an option. We can be a vessel of honor or we can be a vessel of dishonor. To be an honorable vessel it's when we are fulfilling God's 
potential for us. Can I say that again? We have an option. We can either be a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. When we are fulfilling God's identity for us, we are becoming an ark. A vessel of honor. But when we're not allowing that personality to come forth, then we are not. I could say we're a vessel of dishonor, and that's what it is. Not because we are bad. Really, it's not because we're bad. It's just because we do not get into the presence of God deep enough. Because the deeper you know in God, the less the devil can imitate you. Oh, he can come and torment you. But he can't intimidate you. We do not display God's glory. Oftentimes, because we're in, in, in help me somebody. All right, you all pray for me. Our environments change from birth to death, with or without our consent. If we have not learned to create a spiritual atmosphere, environment will take us into deep captivity. I'm going to say that again. If we have not learned to create a spiritual atmosphere, then environment will take us in and keep us in captivity. We become prisoners to our environment. I contend that most of us do not know who God intended for us to be. Y'all are quiet. <laughs> we have become who we are because we have progressed no further than the mess we have to live in. We may have tasted of a life on a higher plane, but the, the psalmist cried out, Lord, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. And so many do not cry out to God. Therefore, they stay in the same stage of growing in Christ. They can't move forward. They can't grasp the spiritual truth that we have been made to sit in heavenly places with Christ. And it doesn't say when you're in church and Holy Spirit is moving, moving to the heavenly place. No, we can do that whenever we set our hearts to it and have a desire to be where God wants us to be and to be who he wants us to be. 
So this environment that we've been talking about robs us of our spiritual identity. And when our spiritual identity is robbed, it takes away our potential in God. Our potential in God. When we are wearing the wrong uniform, so to speak, it takes away our spiritual potential. And the environment that appeals to our lesser nature will do all kinds of tricks with our emotions. The key words, the key words in the word, the key words in the definition of ego or self are pleasurable and desire. Pleasurable and desirable. If the things of this world give me more pleasure than the presence of God, there's something wrong with my experience. And we definitely, if we've been saved, we're definitely not living who we were created to be. Now you think a moment, over the years, your identity has changed. You know, you were someone's baby, and you just grow in, grow up, and you have you take on that identity of your surroundings. God wants us to die to ego. To die to ego. In order for us to be who God wants us to be. There's a thing of self-judgment. Self judgment. If we will judge our lives now, if we will look into the stages that we've come through, if we earnestly desire to bring glory to God, then God will help us. The Holy Spirit will take us into areas where we gain wisdom and knowledge and such things. When we fail to put God's glory on display, we're not only being robbed of our potential, and listen to this, but are we not, in essence, robbing God of his glory? How many of us have robbed God over the years? We don't think about that, do we? But if his glory is in us, to enlighten the world, and we do not allow that glory to come forth, are we not robbing him of his glory? You know, nothing God created 
robs him of his glory, but mankind. Everything else does exactly what God created them for. But human beings. In Deuteronomy 6.15, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And in some translations, it says strength. In Mark, the 12th chapter, the 30th verse, the 30th verse it says, that Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. Now, with few exceptions, before the advent of Christ, the human spirit had no life. Now I'm going somewhere. So help me get there. Before the advent of Christ, the human spirit had no life. Mankind was, so to speak, a slave to their soul. A slave to their soul. They had to come with all the sacrifices and so forth. We know that. But I want us to think about this just for a minute. I just want to point out that the New Testament, after Christ's ascension, had something more than they had in the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament says heart, soul, and mind. New Testament added something, heart, soul, mind, and might or strength. The core personality to me is the spirit. And then there's a soul which is controlled by ego and the old Adamic nature. But then there's the mind. I believe that's speaking of understanding, knowledge. And strength is forefulness, ability, might. Power and energy. Now, I don't think you'll misunderstand what I'm going to say right now. But God is more interested in my character than he is my actions. God is more concerned about our character than our behavior. Well, you see, he knows that character will build, will change our actions. But our actions does not change our character. I want us to think for just a moment now. Oh, just usually I don't say something like get your mind on yourself. But right now I'm going to say get your mind on yourself. Because I believe that God is wanting his people 
to judge themselves. Acknowledge if there's something there and allow him to help you get through that phase of your life. We can choose to overlook our wrongful acts and feelings, or we can choose to pronounce judgment on them. Now, if we don't judge ourselves here, we will stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ and we'll be lacking. So we need to actually pronounce judgment on the things in our life that we know should not be there. And again, we should judge ourselves to see if we are cooperating with the Spirit of God so that the world can see the glory of God. My, my actions, my behavior is there's a cause. There's a cause of my behavior. If I'm being ungodly in any way, what is the cause of that? You know, doctors try to doctor symptoms. And until they can find what really is wrong, they just put a Band-Aid on that, and you have to live with it. But God does not want us to live with it. God goes deeper than working with symptoms. Our behavior will change as the nature of God enlarges in us. What caused me to act? I might preach words over What caused me to act the way I did? What caused me to tell that lie? What caused me to respond in anger? What caused me to pout all day? What caused me to use bad language? There's a cause behind our behavior. Until we deal with the cause, we're just gonna stymie. We're gonna be right where we've always been. Because you cannot, you cannot display God's glory just by stopping bad behavior. Now, when God delivers you and sets you free, that's a different story. When we want God to be displayed, we have to forget about ourselves. It's one thing to admit wrong, but it's quite another to admit 
that my wrong happened because there's something not quite right with my soul. With my soul. I've taught you people on and off on the soul and the spirit. But it's one thing to admit that you had a wrong act. It's altogether something else when you are willing to say there's a cause behind this. Today, today, I would love for us all, including myself, to examine myself. Examine myself. Am I truly where God wants me to be? And being what God wants me to be. Why is it so necessary to judge ourselves? Because if God is our judge, there comes a recompense for our behavior. Is it our action altogether that is judged or discerned? Or is it that ourselves, our total being, that God wants us to allow him to change? Could it have something to do with how great the darkness is in us? Doesn't the word say something about the darkness, how great is it in you? Any area that you don't have victory in is darkness. And it will only get greater if you don't get before God and let him deliver you of that. Because if we do not discern ourselves, then God has to discern us because he has to be true to himself. So in love, he chastises us. He chastises us. He doesn't punish us, but he trims some things off of us because he loves us. So, God wants us to judge ourselves so that we will not come into condemnation. You say, well, the word of God says there is therefore now no condemnation to the love of the Lord. There's no period there. Could then it walk in the spirit and not after the flesh? I know I didn't quote it what just right. But if we're walking with an eye out to see what we can get by with, When my husband was first, when he first yielded to God, he was taken to an assembly of church when he was eight weeks old. In it all of his life. But it took him about 10 years from 15 to 20 and a few more to realize that he was not living his potential. He was not living his potential. 
he was saved, but he had some hang-ups in those years. A wonderful man and pastor. I think the Bennett can verify that. And those who have been here for so long, you've heard him preach also. But he had to examine himself and judge himself. And I've had to do that. And I feel like if I have to do it, everybody else should do it. <laughs> so, condemnation does not come to them who are saved if they're walking in the spirit and not in the lust of the flesh. But condemnation, the devil is, will use it on you something terrible. It's true, as the word says, if we live godly, we will be persecuted. And that's scripture. But persecution is different from chastisement. God does not execute bad things on us because we're not living like we ought to be. But he does come, and by the Spirit, he reveals to us that we're not living the personality, the identity that he put in us when we were still in our mother's womb. That's where he gave us our personality. How long did we get? And I've said this before, y'all. How many of you had to teach a child to do bad? No. You had to teach them to be good. You see, that old nature starts to work on us time we're born. And if we do not allow the glory of God, the power of that, the power of the glory of God, if we don't allow that to rule our nature, we're in big trouble. The more in line with God's nature we become, the greater our joy becomes, even if we are persecuted. As we are persecuted as Christians, that's when that glory should be on display. The more we become like him, the greater confidence we have in Christ in the solid rock. The more we judge ourselves, the better prepared we will be when we do stand at the judgment seat of Christ. I'm not talking about the great white throne judgment, but the judgment seat of Christ where every Christian, every saved person, every born-again person will be judged there. And it all depends on whether it's wood, stubble, and hay or something good. The more we discern and challenge the condition of our soul, the more prepared we will be to rule and reign with him for a thousand years.
everything that enters into our lives has the purpose and the goal of preparing us to rule and reign with Christ. I'm destined for the throne, are you? When I stand there, I want to be sure, I want to be sure that I haven't tried to display any self-made glory. It's the glory of God. And we can try to, and I've seen preachers who, they want the glory. They put their, well, we'll go, we won't go there. Uh, I don't have a watch. Can I go ahead? Self-judgment shows us what we are. Now, bear in mind that knowing who we are does not enable us to become other than what we are. What we are now without the glory of God. We just stay where we are. We might try. There comes a time when we just have to say, this is, this is wrong in me. I've got to make up my mind whether I'm going to give all to Jesus or I'm going to reserve, reserve something for myself. We were born again when God's Holy Spirit came to dwell in us. Until then, only the power of the spirit of sin and death worked in us. And you know the story. I was a king. My husband said, signed his authority to destroy the Jew. This is in the Bible. And when all was said and done, he was sorry he did it. But you see, when the king signed, used his signature, it couldn't be reversed. Couldn't be changed. But what he did, he sent out another decree that the Jews could fight back. He gave them the permission to protect themselves. And that's what God has done. He knows the devil's going to try to change us in every way. And he knows within ourselves we can't overcome that. So what he did, he put the spirit of the power the power of the spirit of life in us, the power of the spirit of life in us can overcome the power of the spirit of sin and death. And as we do that, the glory is coming forth. Now, he doesn't demand us to live holy and just leave us there to struggle. But until the end, you and I are going to have to either 
realize that there's power in me to overcome all this, or else we're going to live in such defeat. The devil's reign in this earth cannot be reversed until the appointed time. And until that time, the power of the spirit of sin and death will work in us continually unless we realize that the, spirit, the power of the spirit of life can overcome sin and death. I'd just like for you to close your eyes for a moment. Jesus, I come to you, Lord, with a prayer that you will speak to the hearts of your people today. Father, we need that divine life that entered in when we believed in our hearts and confessed with our mouth. We need to come to a greater understanding of who we are, of who we have become. Who will we be this time next year? Lord, I ask you to let us examine that, to bring it to you. Father God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just speak to us, Lord. Just speak to us. I know, Father, that sometimes we don't want to be still before you. We don't want to listen for you. You tell us those things that we do not want to deal with. Today, Lord, I'm challenging these people to bring all their hurts, their wounds, their unforgiveness, their feelings of uselessness, knowing, feeling that there's no fruit in their life. Now, Lord, I'm asking you, hallelujah, to fill us anew with your glory. Fill us anew with your glory, Lord. And we thank you for that. Pastor, am I free to make an altar call if I want to? Pardon? All right. If, if the past environment has robbed you and you don't really know who you are anymore basically and you want God to do something in your life I invite you to come up and we'll have prayer I feel the presence of the Lord in the presence of the Lord, everything is possible. Everything is possible. 
Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.